It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop, And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Can't get enough of the fan in the morning? Shown up. Because this is nothing like that. Working. Al and Jerry are here with stories they'd never get to cover on the morning show. Very sexy robot. Hey, look at that pig. Shenanigans. Naked yoga. My mother had a bad experience with these ghosts. Let's hump the fence. It's Al and Jerry's post-game podcast. All right, we go. It's a Tuesday. It's beautiful out. It's almost the summer. What's up, Al? Oh, hi there, Jerry. Uh, you know, the other day we were asking, or somebody was asking, like, where John Sterling has been. Yes. Uh, he goes, Justin Shackle has been doing the games. Yeah, two series in a row now. Two series in a row. So someone did call me off the air and told me that Michael Kay said on the broadcast that uh, John was missing these games because he had three children graduating college. Oh, okay. That makes sense. So I was like, the, guy, the caller he's said got triplets. to me. Yeah, the caller said to me he's got triplets. Yeah. I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah, that's right. So I went to confirm this before telling Gio, and it never wound up on the air anyway. Yeah. It's like, oh, let me see this John Sterling. So I Googled John Sterling triplets, and an article came up from the year 2000, mm-hmm. which would be 23 years ago. Yeah. And it was an interesting article because in the article, it was an article about John Sterling having triplets. And in the article, John is quoted as saying, he goes, oh my gosh, by the time these kids get to college, it's going to be $90,000 a year. And I just thought, wow, we are here. No, not only we're here, we're past yeah. what he... So he had three, He had triplets that all were graduating college. Same time. In three different places, and that's where John's been. Yeah, that makes sense. Because you, you don't hear him. It's one thing not to hear him on a road trip in Toronto. I get that. Yeah. But to not hear him at home this weekend was weird, and you're thinking, oh, maybe he's not feeling well. Right. Uh, I'm actually happy to hear that. I was shocked, though, because then I was like, okay, let me. I started doing some math, Jerry. I said, okay, how old is John now? What is he, 81? 84. 84, okay. It's like, okay, 84 minus 23 yeah. is 60, 61. 61. Mm-hmm. He had triplets. Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. at, at 61. 61. So there's still plenty of time for you, Al. <laughs> Which is why we know I always go, oh, I wonder why John Sterling keeps working. That's why. He did. You have responsibilities. <sighs> Absolutely. He has a. I four- think he's divorced, though. He is. Yeah. I did read that as well. Um, he's divorced in 2012 or something. I okay. Was I did a whole deep dive into the life of John Sterling. Oh, okay. Uh, just for this. I wanted to do the math on it yeah, and yeah, try sure. to figure out. Sure. Like at 60. So he has a an older child older than the triplets. Oh, I wasn't aware of that. So okay. he has four children total. Three of them are triplets. Man. Incredible. That's some life. And and think about having triplets as a baseball announcer. Your wife must hate you. Right. You are never home. Unless he had them in November to where he could have been around the first few months. But one spring training hits, gone. Yeah. And even when you're home, you ain't home. Right. It is a tough life. Very tough life. I know my sister had uh, um, twins and just seeing the difficulty of what that yeah. was. Yeah. Now now, now three. Now I had a third one. Yeah, our friends have triplets. And I remember she used to say the hardest part was 
Like all my friends have one. Well, you feed it, the baby takes a nap, you take a nap with the baby if you have a rough night. Because the problem with three is you put them on the schedule so that you're feeding them one at a time, but when the other one when one wakes up, the other two are up. Or the two fall asleep, the other like yep. there's never a time if they don't sleep at night where you get a break unless your husband's home if he's not working. But he's probably working. Yeah, I can't imagine like if you have uh, twins or triplets or quadruplets listening to somebody complain about having one baby. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So he must have some stories at John Sterling. I'm sure he's got more. Could you imagine sitting at a bar with John Sterling? The no. stories from baseball to family life and everything in between that he must know. Right. He Road did, trips. He did Atlanta Hawks games years ago. He had a sports talk show before WFAN existed where they had uh, like a nighttime sports talk show. Yeah. I had him in here that day, that time when I was doing that podcast where I was talking oh, to broadcasters. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot he about was that. a real interesting guy. Yeah. And this is, I don't even think I even knew he had triplets in that. Think of this. He was 20 in 1959. <laughs> think about that. Yeah. That's nuts. It really is. Yes. The man's lived multiple lifetimes and multiple lives. Yeah. Having been a single man, a married man, a divorced man. And an announcer for different teams. This one, obviously, the longest. It is something, man. Yeah. Then they, he he went through that house, fi- that apartment fire. I forgot about that. Years, That's a right. couple and of years ago number, now. His car got stuck in the flood. Wow. And Ricky Ricardo helped him. Yes. My God. My goodness. Yeah, isn't that something? We're going to get John Sterling in this studio. Do you think at any point, we always talk about this too, like you never know when your day is, whether it's dying or being fired or whatever. You, know, like you never know when something's going to end in a lot of cases. He's 84, you said? Yeah, 84. At what point do you think he started thinking at the end of the season that the Yankees were going to tell him it's enough? 69. I figured you'd go with 69. I didn't do that to be hilarious. Your favorite number. I just feel like 69 is a number where you go, huh, going to be 70 next year. I was going to say 75 is where I think you probably start. Only because baseball is the is a business where we see, we see guys. Jack Buck did games until he was dead, basically. Bob Euchre's still doing them at 90. Like, it, you see it. Yeah. You know, uh, Bob Murphy with the Mets did it until he really couldn't anymore. 75 is a number, I think, that you start thinking, oof, man, uh, one day they're going to tell me it's enough. Yeah, and then imagine but you're nine, nine years past that. And you're nine years past that, yes. And I got to say, when you played the cuss today, I missed John Sterling. He's, his voice is unbelievable. Yeah. It really is. And I know people, some people don't care for him. I think he's, I think he's good. I really do. I know his vision has gone, but ever since he got the surgery a few years ago, it's been much better. You know, they all make mistakes. It seems like today a lot of the guys sound very similar to each other. There's not like a lot of things separating guys where John Sterling is. Well, you have to have the voice. His sound is just. Because he's got golden pipes, as they say. Yeah. Like Kevin Burkhardt has a very distinctive voice to me. I don't think he sounds like. I do agree, though. Like Keith Radden, Pat McCarthy, tough to tell them apart. Howie has a different type of voice. Yes. You know, Gary Cohen has a very distinctive voice. But you're right. A lot of them do sound the same. Yeah. That's true. Not our John Sterling, though, Jerry. Uh, I told you I was uh, watching on Netflix the uh, the Jewish matchmaker show. Yeah. Uh, I, I Good news, Jerry. I did complete the series. And here's what I realized. I don't you waste a lot of time with these shows. <laughs> <laughs> I actually haven't realized that yet. Oh, OK. I realized I don't want to watch ugly people dating. Only attractive people. <laughs> and this show had both. It had 
some very attractive people, both men and women. Right. I'm attracted to just women, Jerry, but okay. I'm just saying I don't want to see ugly people dating. Right. And this show had uh, pretty women, uh, good-looking dudes, uh, ugly men, <laughs> ugly women. And I lost interest when they would go show dates with the ugly people. <laughs> I think there's a lot of people that would find that more intriguing, actually. The ugly people dating? Yes. More relatable to us. <laughs> yeah. What was interesting is to see what the ugly people saw in the other ugly person where they were like. Can I spend the rest of my life with you? Yeah. Or they're like, oh, I love the, I love this humor. Meanwhile, he looks like a grease ball. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I do not know. But there were a couple good looking, like they had this one good looking Jewish man that they kept setting up with good looking Jewish women. Sure. I was like, let's find, show this guy's dates more. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think, so we all know people, like most guys, they know an attractive woman when they see Yes. Them. And most guys have the same thoughts. I don't care what anybody says. Most guys have the same thoughts. When you see a guy that you know, and you know that he's had those same thoughts about attractive women mm-hmm. and has had negative comments about women that may not be as attractive. Yep. And then they end up with someone that's not attractive. Yes. Do you think they realize every day? I don't know. I mean, that I guess is, they fall in love with them. That's great. That is a huge mystery to me as well. I'm with you on that. That is a huge mystery. But then again, if you're a pig, I mean... Right. Why is anyone be attracted to you? Right. Right. I think the same thing. I'm like, I would be, if someone watching a dating show, they could easily go, I want to see some stick figure bald guy <laughs> with glasses on dates. I want to see attractive men. <laughs> yeah. What was cool about this show was, I don't know much about the Jewish religion, but I guess like most religions, there's different levels. Like some people are very strict. Some people are less strict. Yep. And there were certain um, people going out on dates where there's there's one part of the Jewish religion where you are not allowed to touch your person until marriage. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't hold their hand. You can't touch their shoulder. Can't kiss nothing. No physical contact. And I thought that was really interesting as well. Because I got to tell you, then that's no pressure on a date. You're not allowed to touch. Yeah, and you don't have to worry about the awkwardness of when the first kiss is. Right. How does it go? No tongue, awkwardness. No tongue. Right. Yep. That's interesting. All right out the window. How about that? But did you learn something watching these yes. uh, mindless shows? I did learn something from these shows. No, well, I applaud you then. And then some of the people were living in uh, Jerusalem. Some people were living in Tel Aviv. Some people back here in the United States. Yeah. There's another one called uh, Indian Matchmaker. I might watch that next. I'm equally as not interested. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I might watch that. Uh, depends on like when I run out of like I was didn't plan on watching Jewish Matchmaker until I ran out of things to watch, and I was like, I'll give this. A I shot. mean, just listen to what you just. Then said. I loved it. You ran out of things to watch. Yeah. With streaming services that have thousands upon yes. thousands of programs. Yeah. You've seen it all. I've seen it all and ran out of things to watch. Man. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hey, good for you. You know, if you like it, good for you. Yeah. 
What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Did you see the story about the 31-year-old dog? Wow, 31. How little yeah. was it? That was like a regular-sized dog. It wasn't a tiny dog. But it wasn't a German Shepherd either. No, but it was uh, It was more closely resembling huh? a German Shepherd. Secret? I don't know. Smoking and whiskey? <laughs> the dog had a shot of Jack Daniels every day and smoked two packs so a day. So what's the story then? Just, they, the, just that how what an anomaly this is. Right, so, but they didn't expand on the story at all no. or how it got here? or No, just that this person has had this dog for 31 years. That is amazing. That's a long time, especially yeah. when you think that you only have a dog for 10 to 12 years. Right. I mean, if you end up with Whimsy for 31 years, Jerry, Whimsy's going to be burying you. Jerry, do not say that. Nah, Whimsy's too big, I think, to be a 31-year dog. 31-year-old dog, yeah. I would think so. I did Google, like, greyhounds. I think, like, most dogs, their life expectancy is, like, 15, 14, 15. Okay. But then it's always give and take, right? Your dog gets some type of dog cancer. You didn't start a countdown clock, did you? I did. I do not have a, con- a countdown clock. <laughs> Yesterday, though, was three years that I got Whimsy is and really? moved into Bradley Beach. Really? My three-year Bradley Beach anniversary. You've been there three years, huh? Yeah. 2020. Oh, May right. 15th of 2020. The only person I know that moved during the pandemic. Yeah. Well, I started the whole process before no, the I pandemic. Know, I, know. You know? I remember that. I remember. And Eddie helped you move. And yeah. Eddie helped move uh, a mattress with yeah. me. Yeah. No, I know. It's pretty wild. Yeah. Three years. It's hard to believe that this year I'll be seven years in the house. No. Yeah. I feel like you just. Six. Okay. I feel like you. Six. I feel like you and I moved similarly, but that's when I moved to Matawan. Correct. It was when Craig got into his trouble. So that was 17. Right. Yes. Yeah. So say six years this year. That's what it'll be. So had you made the house purchase and not move yet when Craig got into trouble? We were in the process of buying the house. And you were like, uh oh. We started in July. Yeah. Um and yeah, there what's interesting about the whole move, I think I've told you this, maybe I haven't. When I look back, the move cost me a lot more money than I anticipated. Because of a couple of fixes we had to do at our house that were not expected oh, at right. all. Yes, um, remember with the deck and the patio or something. Oh my god, there was so much to make that move happen. We probably laid out. I, I don't know what the number is, but it was a lot more than I ever thought than just a regular move would be. And sadly for Craig, and it was beneficial for me. The extra money that I got paid from TV made the move easy. When I look back, it would have been difficult having to come up with so much money in such a short period of time that I was not anticipating um, that you couldn't pull from the sale of your house because you hadn't sold the house yet. Right. You know, so it is funny how that whole thing worked itself out because that move started in July and we wound up moving in, I guess it was November, we actually moved. How do you do that if if you, I don't. I don't remember how I did it from Woodbridge to Basking Ridge. Yeah. But then I went to an apartment, then apartment to Bradley. Yeah. How do you do it if you're selling a house and you're moving into a house? How do you time that so that you get the money from the sale of your first the attorneys house? Attorneys do it all. Yeah. 
It's all they're all wire exchanges. It's nothing. But is that what that means when they you know, like sometimes you'll look on like realtor.com or wherever you look mm-hmm. at houses and it'll say contingent mm-hmm. on selling your house. So like for instance, if I wanted to move now and I didn't have and I wanted to buy a $500,000 house, but I didn't have $100,000 cash for the 20%, you know, down payment, um I needed it because I was going to make $200,000 on the sale of my house. It would be contingent upon me selling because, and plus I don't want two houses at the same time. Right. So you would go agree to a house, you know, agree to buy a house and then hopefully sell your house. Usually the, the sellers give you some time to sell your home. We've been very lucky each time, all three times we've sold, we've sold within a week. Yeah. So once now, once this contracts are signed, all the parts are moving. There is a little window there where you're homeless. So when you go to close on your house, so my attorney goes with the attorneys buying my home. Once that sale is done, they hand the keys over. I am now a homeless person. And where's all your stuff? In a truck being probably across the street from the new home we're going into once that closing happens. So this is where, all right, this is funny. I've always told you about the issues I had in brick with the easement running through the backyard. Great example. We sold our house in brick. And bought a house where I am now, in the town I'm in now, in Caslet, contingent upon us selling and everything working itself out. Great. We sell the house in brick. That closing goes first. We go, <laughs> because we knew the people we were buying the home from, Kim knew them, they gave us the keys the day before. They cleared out and said, we trust you. Move in at your leisure today or tomorrow morning. So we gave the moving company the okay to move in that morning of the closing. We're moving. We're all the stuff's in this house. My attorney calls at our closing of the house in brick. Major problem. There's an easement running through your backyard. When you bought this house, it was not uh, divulged to you, and your attorneys didn't pick up on it. The new people don't want your house now. Oh, I said, excuse me. They said, well, they wanted to put a, an in-ground pool in as soon as they moved in. Not allowed. I said, well, that's a problem since the moving company has left and we're in the other house, which he knew. He goes, all right, hold on. I'll call you back. Calls back and he said, he goes, here's your deal. You either got to get the moving company back and get back here or you have to give them $25,000. And we were supposed to make forty on the sale, I believe, after everything was done. Yeah. We had to give them a check for $25,000. And they stayed in the house with the quote-unquote easement that I had no idea was running through the backyard. So at that point, we give him the check. I am technically now homeless and out (laughs) (laughs) $25,000. What a day. Yeah. And then my attorney's got to go meet the attorneys for the new house we were moving into and do the closing there. And if something went wrong there, I got to go find a hotel because I don't have a home. But usually that's not a problem. I also know like sometimes when the housing market is very competitive as it is right now in New Jersey. Yep. That if you have a contingent, you say, I'm going to buy this house, but I have to sell my house first, yeah. they're not interested. It's harder. Right? Because yeah. fi- if, if they have somebody with a competing offer mm-hmm. that doesn't have to sell their house, yeah. they take that. That's why you're, in that case, you're probably better off selling your house and then waiting until you close to do it because you probably have so many deals fall through. Yeah. Unless you offer a lot more, you know, more than asking. Right. In that case, maybe you get away with it. But it's... It's a complicated transaction. And the amount of time it takes. Yeah. My friend Paul's been trying to buy his first house, him and his wife, and 
it's been going on for weeks Months. and weeks. Oh, yeah, absolutely. With the inspections. Yeah, and just the, getting the proper the bank statements and your your 401k statements and your work yeah. pay stubs and all this stuff. Oh, it's insane. Not only that, I like this. Th- this one killed me when we when we moved. We uh, I guess it was uh, whatever, five years ago, what, five and a half years ago. They want everything from you. So you give them everything. And I love how they've got um, your tax returns for the previous three years. So you've got everything I've given the government, right? This is what I filed, everything I've made. And then it's like, uh, we're good, but we really would like to see your last five pay statements. Why? You have everything. Want to make sure you still have a job. But you called my HR director yesterday. Yeah, we need your bank. We need your last five pay stubs. Uh, okay. Like, what are you supposed to do? Yeah. Like, they have you. And then they want this and they want that. Do you have that contract you signed with Compass Media Networks? We'd like a copy. Uh, uh, okay. Like, wow. It's a pain. So if you're if you're in a spot, like, let's say you're in your house for a long time. You've paid off your mortgage. Mm-hmm. Now you're going to retire and you're going to downsize. Yeah. So you're going to make money off of your home you've been living in and you're going to pay cash for this next house. Does all that you don't have to do any of that paperwork, do you? If you're not getting an actual There's still mortgage. a lot of paperwork. Less because you're not doing a mortgage. But you're signing over that you now own. Yeah, there's still a lot of paperwork to be yeah. done. Yeah, you're just cutting out the mortgage stuff. But yep, it's yeah. still a pain. Yeah, it seems like a giant pain in the neck. Yeah. It is. Yeah, it is. That's why being like a real estate attorney. Oh my god. That has just got to be Right, when you get into the real oh. being so picky about every little thing. Yeah. And I was one of those I was picky about every little thing when you know, when I was looking to buy. Mm. Oh, what about this? Yeah, you're a buyer I would not want. Yeah, I was a nightmare. I'd be like, dude, go find another house. <laughs> you sir, off. get lost. You are a pain in the ass. Yeah, you are a pain in the butt. I'm a dream. You were? Yeah. I'm like You're easy. Whatever, we'll fix it. I like the house. We're good. Yeah. Well that's what it is. It depends on right how competitive yeah. the market is. Yeah. Because if the market's competitive, then you, that's why you'll hear people agree to like not even do a uh, inspection. Well, that's silly. Yeah. Because the, the one thing about the inspection, you don't do an inspection. If you've got major termite damage, you are screwed. They don't even, like New Jersey's one of the states where you have to do it. There are states that you don't, they don't do home inspections. Yeah, I see on these shows all yeah. the time where they, they, they buy it, no inspection, they go in and there's termite damage yeah. all over the place. Ugh, that sounds terrible. Yeah. Really bad. Yeah, that's like that is. Uh, I don't know what it costs to do an inspection now. Maybe seven hundred bucks or a little know. less, but well worth it. Like you find out yeah. every little. Sometimes, thing. as my contractor told me, because he reviewed it. Yeah, I was like, "Are we buying a house that's going to fall down?" The guy was like, "Yeah, you know, he thought it was like a, a house that was built in the year 400. <laughs> He's looking at it. my contractor's like, "No, this guy's an alarmist." Yeah, he goes, "This not a big deal. This I can fix in two seconds." That, and it was like, all right, so we're good. I, but they're just doing their job. Right, but they're letting you know a, every little thing. It is a bit thing. much. It is a bit much. It is. Uh, there is a chip on your uh, on your countertop. Where? I didn't see it. And this is true. If you look inside your sink around the brim and take your index finger and go underneath, I'm like, what? Yeah. And it's still there. No one knows it's there. Why put that on the report? Right. Come on now. Focus on the big stuff. Give me a break. 
I finally decided what I'm going to do with jeans, Jerry. I know that you've been. This has been an ongoing saga. You need to do a jeans podcast because I'm going to blow my brains out if I hear you say the word jeans again. Well, this is all I've done. I've made a list of one, two, three, four brands of jeans. I'm going to order them all online. This is I'm, the Big Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> Lest you think I have nothing to do today, Jerry. No, I didn't say that. I'm going to buy all of these jeans online today. And I'm going to pick out the perfect pair out of this group. Now, why wouldn't you just go to the store and try them on? Because they don't have, like, I don't know. They don't have them all? Uh, Yeah, they don't. Like, you go to Kohl's. They've got seven different brands of jeans. Sure. I got Levi's. They got Wrangler. They got uh, Sonoma. They got got a whole bunch of different kinds. Yeah, I don't know why. Urban uh, Urban Outfitters. I'm, like, locked into these jeans I've been looking at online. Okay. So my my plan is I'm going to buy four pair of jeans. And keep one or two. Okay. The best pair. And I'm going to review this for the audience. Please not on the podcast. No, no. On my, How about this? Next Monday. No, no. Why? You're out? I'm out. Do it with Eddie. No, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it on like Instagram or oh, something. Oh, that's cool. Okay. I'll do it on Instagram. But I needed to let you know, You're going to be a gene influencer. Yeah, gene influencer. I'm letting you know, Jerry, just because I know you've been following very closely this saga about my genes. No, I haven't. And I know you You were asking the other day, what's the update on the I genes? Wasn't. You were wondering where I'm at with that. No. So no. I just wanted to give you a heads up and let you know what I will be doing. I'm, I'm glad. I'm happy for okay, you. Okay, good. That's that's awesome. So follow me now on Instagram, people, if you're going to want to, you're going to really want to see these, <laughs> this gene uh, situation. Oh, my God. All right, Jerry, let's do the warm-up program. Now, we'll be back here tomorrow, which is a Wednesday. Is that yes, correct? Yes, it will be a Wednesday. We'll be back here on a Wednesday. And until then, we will see you. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs>